1: Good morning. It is Monday, October 2nd. It is five minutes after 10. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So on Friday, the people, the brain trust, the people who make the budget, they all got together and they decided (laughs) something kind of surprising, actually. One thing that they said is that Suzanne Crouch's plan to, quote, ax the tax may not be the best route to go. And instead, Rob. They agreed with us.
2: Yeah, so there is a, a commission, a group of, of lawmakers that are working together to try to get information on how to address Indiana's tax code going forward. And before we get into the the nuts and bolts of this, a reminder of what we have been telling you on this program. I've been telling it to you basically for seven years, but you and I have been together for uh, whatever it's been, 20 plus months now, is that property tax caps were instituted because local governments, if we go back to 2008, property tax caps were instituted for a couple of different reasons. Number one, they were instituted because residents of the state of Indiana said our homes are not the government's personal piggy bank. We own these homes. The government has nothing to do with that. They are ours, and we are not going to be subjected to unlimited taxation because local agents of government, and by local agents of government, I mean 90% of this is school corporations are completely out of control and have no respect for us. And the lawmakers at the time agreed with that to the point that they not only made it the law of the state of Indiana – but they put it in the constitution for the state and the voters enacted that via ballot referendum. Now, ever since then, the school corporations, because you almost never, ever hear of these referendums for cities or towns or counties, it is almost exclusively school corporations, have figured out, yeah, that's nice you have your tax caps, but there's absolutely nothing that prevents us year in and year out putting these tax referendums on the ballot, which will raise people's taxes above the cap, and we, will, we are able to use public money to facilitate our desire to raise taxes above the cap and force residents to spend their own money to stop this from happening. And they have had, over the years... Unless you have me on your side, a resounding level of success passing these tax referendums, the school corporations stuck a giant middle finger and have been doing it for the better part of 15 years to the taxpayers of this state. They have figured out how to game the system. Have I have that? Uh, have I not said that mm-hmm. since the day you walked in in yep. in this building? Yes, yep. absolutely. Okay. So, point of all this is, they had this big powwow. They've got lawmakers. They've got uh, different people testifying at this this tax hearing on how do we handle taxes going forward. Mm-hmm. And the mood of the room, as we have said, is that if you actually wanted to help people, getting rid of the income tax, one, doesn't actually help the people that probably need help. And two, does not allow you to create a stable environment for which to proceed Forward, You know when people inside the Indiana General Assembly start agreeing with me, Casey, we've (laughs) got a total consensus here Mm -hmm. and Republicans in the Indiana General Assembly are agreeing with me, which to bring all of that full circle shows that Suzanne Crouch is not a serious candidate for public office. She hasn't worked through this. She has no idea how to implement it. She has no idea how or or will not provide any detail on the cuts she plans to make to pay for it. And it is one of the dumbest ideas by someone who doesn't actually want to give you more money but wants to tell you she's giving you more money in hopes that you'll be stupid enough to vote for her. Okay,
1: so one of the witnesses who was there who was testifying or giving opinion, said that it's been 15 years now since they've really reformed the system and that it is time to start looking into that. Stop with the income, let's move to property tax.
2: So Luke Kenley, who is no... If you were to line Rob Kendall up and say who is most likely to be again friends with Rob Kendall, not not going to be that. Luke Kenley uh, was in the Indiana Senate for 25 years. He was the uh, appropriate head the head of the Appropriations Committee, uh, which is basically so the budgets emanate on the House side, then they go over to the Senate. He was basically the head guy on the Senate. Uh, as establishment as you can come. Luke Kenley is as entrenched in the establishment. He was a Noblesville senator for many, many years.
1: He chaired the Chamber's Appropriations Committee for eight years.
2: That's right. So you do not get any more connected in an establishment than Luke Kenley. And what Luke Kenley said was that, I'll just read you the quote, if you eliminate either the state or local income tax, When you hit the next recession, the first thing that's going to happen is they're going to reinstate, even on a temporary basis, an income tax. And it will probably have progressive rates to it. Boom. Roasted. When Luke Kinley and Rob Kendall agree on something, you know it is a thing. Indiana Capital Chronicle then went on to say he identified two other complications – Local school operating referendum levies aren't necessarily working as intended. Mm-hmm. And local units and their legal advisors have found, quote, ways to play the system. Oh boy. This is everything we've been telling you. Mm-hmm. On this show, I have now been here for seven years. I have not stopped on this issue because it is absolutely, without a doubt, 100% the truth. The property tax system in this state is a colossal scam because instituting those tax caps was dependent upon and an egregious mistake was made by the lawmakers at the time and the voters who didn't fully understand this, that school corporations would get the message loud and clear and they don't care at all. If you actually want to help people, if you actually want to help ordinary, regular people, because as in this article, it says property taxes, in contrast, consider value, but not necessarily the owner's ability to pay. Right. So, And what they mean by that is if you live in a house that you bought 40 years ago, that house is probably worth three or four times what you paid for it. But you as a retired person, if you bought the house for $100,000, probably have the income level to be able to pay taxes on the Mm $100,000 for which you bought the house, not the 400,000 that it's supposedly worth today. And why should you pay on that? Because you're not selling the house. You're not capitalizing on the asset. There is no other taxation that exists like this. And so what this guy is saying and what I've been saying and we're both saying
1: You're it. You're not monetizing on it.
2: You, the property taxes are so beyond flawed in this state and they're a colossal scam, but I guarantee you, Casey, sure mm-hmm. as you and me are sitting here right now, they will do nothing with property taxes because they are petrified of the angry red-shirted teachers coming down and screaming at them.
1: Okay, and that's another thing he said, that he's urging property tax reform, but he also said the schools are scamming the system.
2: Absolutely. that 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 is the... I again cannot and then we'll get off this topic but I'm so glad they had this hearing and I'm so glad kudos to the Capitol Chronicle for covering this in the right way and pointing this out because this was the most important thing that came out of the hearing the system is flawed the system is flawed now because it's been 15 years by design the Republicans know the Republicans know this is happening Casey which is why they passed meaningless property tax reform this year because they acknowledge, boy, we're getting a lot of emails and phone calls about this. We'll do something that won't actually work, but you won't know until a year from now that it won't actually work, and we'll be gone by then. So, adios C and we can send out a mailer and go, we addressed property tax mm-hmm. reform. The system is designed to screw you over.
1: It's not that they want to fix it. They want to say that they tried. It's 14 after 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC and uh, endorsements rolling in for different people. Of course, Mike Braun has recently endorsed Donald Trump but guess who Eric Holcomb is endorsing (laughs) I'll give you a second to think about it yes Mike Pence Uh,
2: I can't think of a worse person to have endorsed you in the state of Indiana on the Republican side than Eric Holcomb I, I can't. Eric Holcomb is so despised, Casey, that Diego Morales won an election in a protest vote of Eric Holcomb. That is how, I mean, you, are, you would be hard pressed to find a worse candidate than Diego Morales. And he was able to win, holy thanks to Holly Sullivan being Eric Holcomb's hand-chosen crony stooge to be in the Secretary of State's position when Connie Lawson conveniently quit in the middle of her term, as everybody said she was going to do when she ran for re-election. Well, this
1: shouldn't surprise anybody, though. I mean, it was Pence that appointed Holcomb to his first office, so he's just returning the favor.
2: Absolutely. Eric Holcomb, and you know, I hate to Buddies, well, pals. Eric
1: Holcomb—they pound bruise
2: Eric Holcomb has never, yeah. Mike Pence <laughs> I would love to see that. Eric Holcomb has never been able to stand on his own. When he tried, he was dead last in a U.S. Senate primary. He was totally out of money. He was rejected and despised by the voters then, just as uh, Republican voters then, just as he is now. And Mike Pence, because Sue Elsperman would not go negative, because Mike Pence was about to lose to John Gregg, and he needed the establishment vote, picked Eric Holcomb. And through a stroke of great luck that Holcomb could have never figured even in his most amazing dreams, he got to end up being the governor. These are, I mean, I cannot, I cannot think of a worse person. Now it won't matter by the time we get to Indiana, it'll already be decided. So that doesn't matter. But if you were like, who's the guy that's going to endear me to the Republican base at large the most, it wouldn't be Holcomb.
1: Right. So you've got Eric Holcomb endorsing Mike Pence, but it looks like majority of everybody else is endorsing Trump
2: this sounds like a weird statement to make Casey but I'm gonna make it because it's true if I were it running in a Republican primary like a statewide office Mm -hmm. I would much rather have in in terms of I'm trying to win the Republican primary I'm not talking about a general election I'm talking about the Republican primary
1: have the non-endorsement
2: well I would rather have Donald (laughs) Rainwater who's the libertarian I would much rather have Donald Rainwater's endorsement I Mm -hmm. think it would do you more good than an Eric Holcomb endorsement in a Republican primary.
1: Yeah. So need to stand up and say, I am not endorsing that guy. (laughs) Good job.
2: All right, let's take a break. When we come back, Abdul has new polling out Mm -hmm. on the mayor's race. And boy, Casey, you know how we hate to be right on this show.
1: Yeah, not looking so good for some people. We'll get into it coming up from 93
0: WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love
2: It is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey here. And oh, Casey, there is some new numbers out on the mayor's race in Indianapolis.
1: Yes, very exciting stuff. I've been looking forward to talking about this all weekend.
2: Yeah, here to join us, the man who helped conduct the poll, or at least gave the money to the people who conducted the poll. (laughs) He's an author. He's a broadcaster. He's a provocateur. The one and only Abdullah Keem Shabazz.
4: How are you, my friend? Doing good, my friend. How's it going?
2: I'm great. All right, so you uh, did this poll. You polled about all sorts of things related to uh, Marion County in the city of Indianapolis. And the poll shows, I guess, the, the lead story would be Hogsett with about a 10-point lead over Jefferson Shreve in the mayor's race.
4: Well, uh, there's good news and bad news if you're the incumbent Joe Hogsett. And the poll was uh, conducted by my good friends at ARW Strategies. They helped me poll in the past. Uh, and also uh, good friends at Crossroad Public Affairs. So i take got to take care of the, of the folks who did the actual work work. Uh, yeah, uh, Hogshead is ahead uh, 10, 10 points, 47-37. However, he's under 50% uh, a month before uh, the week before early voting begins. And number two, there's 16% of voters still undecided. So Hogshead is underperforming, uh, particularly if you look at the fact that Marion County's used like a 60-35 Democrat-Republican uh, advantage. So for Hogshead to not be at that, you know... That that oh that's sort of like that sixty percent kind of makes you wonder what the heck is going on here. But Hogshead is underperforming, but at the same time, Shreve is underperforming as well.
2: Yeah. So okay, let's let's start with that. Shreve has clearly angered a lot of people who should be slam dunks for him, and I with the gun control stuff. And I think your polling is showing that there's no there's no enthusiasm for either one of these guys, and there should be for Shreve.
4: Uh yes. Uh but the thing is, Shreve hasn't closed the deal yet. Um, and it's getting, it's getting, it's, it's almost time for the, for the deal, for the deal to be closed. It's kind of yeah. like, it's kind of like being a trial. If they think the jury's still sort of out and you get ready to make your closing arguments, you got to really hit home, you know, that, that message of, Hey, here's why I want to be, here's why everybody, ah, here, here's a perfect example. And Rob, you will appreciate this. Yes. Uh, when I met my wife, she was dating another guy. <laughs> of so of to course. get her to date me, I had to convince her that that guy was a jerk and I was better. Yes. So in <laughs> politics, it's sort of the same thing. If you're the challenge, you got to convince folks that, Hey, the incumbent is a jerk and you should date me. Me. Can you imagine how bad the other guy must have been if you were the better option? <laughs> well, I just told my wife, hey, one day one day my wife will get her eyesight back and sober up and then she'll be she'll be fine. But but no, but that's what it is, is that uh Everybody convinced that Hogsett isn't necessarily doing a great job, but Shreve hasn't closed the deal yet and convinced the voters to start dating him.
1: How does Shreve get everyone to sober up and realize that Hogsett's not that great of a guy?
4: A cold glass of orange juice, a cheeseburger, <laughs> and a big glass of water. Put some is, bread is, in his belly. It's a is perfect hangover cure. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, he's got to uh, just really hit that hit and drive that message home over the next 30 days and change.
2: Uh, Abdul is our guest. He's got a new poll out. You find the, all the results over at indiepolitics.org. It shows Jefferson Shreve. No surprise here behind Joe Hog set by about 10 points, 47 to 37. Yeah, you know, Abdul, you mentioned the 16% undecided. Here's kind of how I look at this. Tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, starting Sunday at the Ryder Cup, the USA was technically still in the event, but they were way down and basically had to win almost every single match. Is the match over? No. But what are the odds you're going to get every single person if the poll is accurate? Shreve's got to get whatever that is about thirteen percent of the sixteen percent, or they gotta get about thirteen of the sixteen percent that are undecided. That's a big that's a big task.
4: It is, it's 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 a, it's a big road to hoe. I'll tell you that. Because uh, and the thing is, usually with undecideds, undecideds tend to break two to three, two to three, two thirds for the challenger. Yeah. So out of that sixteen points, I'd say about maybe like ten ish. Uh we'll take we'll 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 win. We'll 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 break toward Shreve. However, that still leaves uh Joe Hawks at over fifty percent some change. So what Shreve has gotta do, you're right, he's gotta run that table and there's not like I said there's not a whole lot of room room for air if I could use another analogy yes uh, it's a closing scene in Star Wars Luke Skywalker (laughs) Uh flying down the Death Star Canyon to to blow it up however Han Solo took the money is isn't coming back and the force is not strong with him Mm. what the hell did you just say I have no
2: idea what you just said there for English English for people who are not nerds it's a
1: very very small target and he has to hit it exactly see
2: why didn't you just do that that would have been so (laughs) much
4: easier yeah but I wouldn't engage my total geekdom this morning either uh so there we go Uh, go ahead Casey
1: so is there a path for victory i mean can he win
4: um it is probable it it, it, it is a possibility the question is how probable it is so that 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 is a million dollar question is it is yes he can win the question is can he win if that makes sense (laughs)
1: <laughs> Absolutely not.
4: <laughs> what a lawyer answer there. Let's
1: talk if the city's on the right track or not. A lot of people, a clear majority, saying no, it's on the wrong direction, 54%.
4: Yeah, uh, 54% of the city is on the wrong track. And that's what I thought was interesting, too, because so many people think the city's going in the wrong direction. And it, 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 once again, it symbolizes why Jefferson hasn't sh- so, 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 so sealed the deal yet. Because people think the city's on the wrong track. As far as says approval ratings, like he's sort of, eh, you know, 50 50, and it's it's mostly African-Americans who are supporting Hogshead, which we'll have poll results later this week when we break down uh, demographically speaking. But, But the fact that the people think the city's on the wrong track, that crime is a major issue, uh, shows that Jefferson hasn't quite sealed that deal yet.
2: Yeah, so it's very odd. 39% said Shreve would do better on crime. 37% Hogg said. How could you? How could that even be close? It shows Shreve's uh, just men's society idea to just confiscate guns from law-abiding gun owners and do illegal and constitutional stuff isn't playing well. People don't view you as a serious person when that's how you can come up with. He should have been so far ahead of Hogg said on this gun and violent crime stuff, and he's barely ahead at all.
4: Well, in part because uh, Shreve's uh, anti-crime plan is basically Joe Hogshead's anti-crime plan. So if there's no difference between the two... It's like, do you like vanilla or vanilla bean? Yeah, exactly. Why do you think he did that? Who is he listening to? That I have no idea, but that person should be fired. Yes, thank you.
2: <laughs> Boy, see, when even Abdul says somebody <laughs> in the establishment <laughs> should be fired, you know they should be fired. Casey, I'll give you the last question.
1: Yeah, okay, so you touched on it briefly. Uh, neither one are performing very well with black voters. Is that what they have to do? Is that the target demo? they? Hawk either says, one of them has to get to win?
4: Uh, Shre- Hawkson is doing much better with African American voters, particularly in the, in the center township area. Um, uh, what Shreve needs to do is uh, appeal off, is but about 20% of African American voters are still undecided. So he's got to go for those. Uh, he, the undecided voter is going to make or break the, this election, to be brutally honest with you. You can
2: find all the information IndyPolitics.org. indiepolitics.org. The one and only Abdul Keep Shabazz, thank you for spending other people's money so we can have show content. We appreciate that. Hey, we're here to help.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Abdul. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.
3: It's time to hear from you.
1: The phone number, 317-684-8444. If you'd like to contribute with your questions, comments, smart remarks, whatever, we like hearing from you. With the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. And we start off, somebody uh, called to comment about the latest Jefferson Shreve ad. Oh! And in it, there's a line that says, during the riots, nowhere to be found. Yeah. And uh, so somebody called about the spot.
5: Hey, guys. Um... I'm so ticked off right now, I could spit nails. I was just watching a commercial by uh, Jefferson Shreve about uh, Hogsett, and it was going through all the things that he screwed up or that's not going right for his administration. Well, one of the things that it showed, it stated in print that Jefferson Hogsett was I'm sorry, Joe Hogg's set was nowhere to be found. And underneath, it's got WIBC as the source of that. Nothing else shows the source of anything else except for the nowhere to be found WIBC at the bottom. Basically, he won't even stand up for something like that. He He's got to try to put that on somebody else instead of uh, standing up and uh, taking the hit on that, it just ticks me off. I would not vote for this guy for a million dollars. I will crawl on my hands and knees to vote against this guy. I won't vote for Hogshead, but I will definitely not vote for Jefferson Shreve.
2: Anyway, thanks, guys. Bye. I'm so glad you're doing the voicemails now because I know people are like, Rob just picks the ones that fit his narrative. So mm-hmm. now you're picking the voicemails. Mm-hmm. And okay, so several things we have to address on this ad. Yeah, there number, are. Number one, yeah. there is an egregious mistake that Shreve's people made in this ad. And the fact that you are spending, who knows how much I've seen this ad. They just ran it again uh, on one of the televisions we have on here in the studio. The fact that you, I don't know what that is. It's got to be, hundreds of thousands of dollars on an ad buy and you are not proofreading or checking or having multiple people with a fine tooth comb read through very carefully the ad you're putting out there. That's insanity. And there is an egregious mistake. He called us WBIC radio, <laughs> which Casey, that's a radio station in, New- in North Carolina. North
1: Carolina, it's a low power FM. So to his point, he's saying there is in print, He's trying to quote us, yeah. saying during the riots, nowhere to be found, and then dash W B I C.
2: I I mean, that, that means no one is proof-checking Jefferson Shreve's campaign or the lack of attention mm-hmm. that you're having by proof. I mean, that is just, it tells you a lot about the people running the show. And we have been saying from the beginning, he has terrible people because I know him running this campaign. And when you put these doofus Marion County establishment people in charge of your campaign you get terrible results and you're right Casey take the fact that there's an egregious error like WIBC and it's not like oh I'm so offended that you got us wrong I don't care about that what it tells me is people are not thinking things through and paying intricate detail or you're not paying attention to intricate details which matter because if you're not catching the obvious, WIBC is an institution in this city, Casey. It's been around for eighty years. Institution
1: in this city, nationwide. Exactly.
2: We are one of the most listened to talk radio stations by by uh by market share in the entire country. And the fact that you are putting us in your ad.
1: And then you're quoting us, but then not even getting the call letters right.
2: That's the first side of it, which tells you about this campaign and who's running the show and their lack of attention to detail. The second part of it, and you're right, it is he has gone kicking and screaming to be negative against Joe Hogson to the point where he's giving us the credit. Dude, there are tons of people. Well, I mean, everybody knows that they don't know where Joe Hogsett was during the riots. There is no answer. Joe Hogsett won't provide an answer. When you ask him about it, he goes, well, it's in a report. I have not seen a single solitary report that provides any sort of definitive evidence, phone calls, emails, text messages, where Joe Hogsett was. I've heard Joe Hogsett say he was at home. I've heard nobody provide any proof to that. Maybe Mrs. Hogsett Mm -hmm. would like to weigh in on where Joe was during the riots. And everybody knows that there are strong rumors out there put out by many people who are not radical right-wing lunatics, including people in the media, who have alleged that the guy was in rehab. Mm -hmm. Now, is that true or not? I don't know. But the fact is it's out there, and Shreve has the money and the ability to pin this dude down so that even if he continues to refuse to answer, he will lose votes that every day he refuses to answer. And he is so weak—
1: then instead of just saying it himself, he's got to try and quote us. Yes, but he's not actually quoting us and he's only quoting he's us not can- giving us the proper credit. And let's be honest
2: with the audience here for just one second. Let's be a Bill Maher here like with Ron DeSantis. He's only doing this because he wants us to try to help him win back the people that in Abdul's poll shows should be slam dunk voters for him. But are not because they listen to this station and they see what Shreve did with his own campaign, which is go after not Joe Hogsett. He has to do that kicking and screaming, but he will go after law abiding gun owners and lie. He is lying to the people of Marion County, just like Joe Hogsett is lying to the people of Marion County with his proposal on Gun confiscation. He is not going to get permanentless carry removed in Indianapolis. He is not going to get the firearm purchase age raised. He is not going to get assault weapons ban. And he knows this and he continues to quadruple down on it. There is nothing we would have loved more than to come out and say, man, this guy's great. Shreve's a fire. He's going to go in there. Look at how he's taking it to Hawks and give him the old one, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. We can't do that because he doesn't want to do it, and he's not doing it. And when he runs an ad trying to be negative on Hawks he's so weak and scared of offending his establishment friends inside of Indianapolis... Republicans and Democrats alike, that he's got to cite us as the source, mm-hmm. and he can't even cite us right.
1: He can't even do that right. So Jefferson Shreve's campaign people, proof read. I've got another spot. It would sound like this. Jefferson Shreve, wrong on guns, wrong on call letters. <laughs> All right, we got another phone call. Uh, this one, somebody called about the uh, emergency broadcast system. Oh. They're doing something on Wednesday. Hey guys, I don't know
5: about you, But I am so stoked that the emergency broadcast system message is going out on the same day as the night with WIPC. It's just perfect. I love it. I love that there's going to be so much to talk about, and can't wait to see you guys.
1: Okay, so, yeah, WIBC Night is coming up on Wednesday, sold out. If you didn't get your tickets, sorry. Uh, but she's also talking about how FEMA and the Federal Communications Commission conducting a national test on Wednesday, and it's going to take place at 2.20 in the afternoon, and it's going to be over your phone.
2: Have uh, I ever told you what a pain in the ass these things are They're someone who wants a radio a colossal station? a
1: pain in the butt. They're easier than they used to be. So this is the... Gu- Oh, hell no, they're not, Casey! Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, they are, Rob Kendall. Uh, w- hey, if you've owned a radio station in
2: this room right now, Casey, why don't you raise your hand? Oh, I guess that's me. I don't know what sort of, uh, how it was for the management, Casey, but I am telling I am telling you right not now. now. <laughs> this is why the government is awful, and can, may, may I just indulge for just 20 seconds. Go for it. So... When I owned my radio station near Wilmington, Mm -hmm. obviously like every other radio station, we had an emergency alert system for tornadoes, hurricanes, whatever else. And it worked. Hey, there's a severe storm warning. Beep, 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 beep. And then you get a little receipt that shows you ran the thing and you staple it in case the FCC comes in. It works fine about four years or five years into owning this thing we get this email from the fcc or whoever it was that says we are now requiring you to get an eas system that is hooked up to the internet what (laughs) well that sounds rather expensive and you know you email back and go hey uh our EAS system works fine and there's no problems with it. And everybody's very happy with it. We are the community radio station. they
1: the government. They're here to help. We, they want you to upgrade. We alert
2: people just fine. No, no, no. You must have this emergency alert system that is hooked up to the internet. I'm not going to say so that the government could take over your radio station anytime it wants to. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it sounds like if they can send the EAS system, they can do, they could take over your radio station anytime they want to. Um, And so it was like this multi-thousand dollar endeavor because you got to buy the thing. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you got to pay an engineer to hook it up and test it. And now, once a year, they send this thing down via the Internet. And now there's all these reporting requirements. So when the thing comes in, now, I don't know if it's changed since I own my station, but you had like. A two-hour window to log into this thing and report it. Oh, you have a meeting that day? Guess you better cancel your meeting because you got two hours to report whether the EAS test came down. My favorite part about it, though, was there's no verification if you're lying on the form, Casey! <laughs> you could go, oh yeah, of course the test came down. Don't we have to upload some sort of proof? No, no, just tell us that it came down. No,
1: just tell us. Okay, (laughs) apparently you can opt out of this. You're supposed to tap on notifications on your phone. You go to advanced and then tap on wireless emergency alerts, and then you select the one that you want to disable. So you. I hate the government, Casey. I hate, (laughs) hate, hate,
2: hate, hate the government.
1: Have I ever told you how much I hate the government? I understand. Okay, speaking of the government, somebody called and questioned who the big guy is. Hey Rob, this Matt from Fortville. Had
5: a little silly question. What if the big guy was Obama? Just a question. Nobody ever talked about it. Right.
2: No, I and I appreciate the guy listening, but I think it's very clear, very clear
1: it, who the big guy is. The
2: financial records seem to really line up with it being Joe Biden. Right.
1: Obama was asked over the weekend if he thought Michelle Obama was going to run for president. He
2: didn't want to answer that, did he? he?
1: He did not. He just ducked right into a K- car.
2: Casey, let's 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 show how someone would answer a question if they're going to run for president or not.
1: Okay, you going to run for president, Rob Kendall? No,
2: absolutely not. <laughs> See how easy that was? <laughs> I
1: do. Um, okay, somebody else called about uh, saying that nobody here lives in Marion County, so why do we care about who the mayor will be
5: why does anybody any politician in marion county owe you or anybody from your station an answer on anything since none of y'all seem to live in this county just saying
2: (laughs) i you know the the just man we have got some just incredibly high IQ people who hate listen to this radio show. I mean, again, we're talking Rhodes Scholars, Mensa members, I mean, Mm -hmm. just some of the most intellectual mega giants that society has to offer. And boy, I'll tell you what, Casey, um, they do not and this is what I appreciate about the people who hate listen. They do not let their blind rage for us and these programs get in the way of logical, rational observation. And I love, Casey, that we have this little voicemail set up where these people can call and just show the whole world how smart they are. Casey, the floor is yours.
1: I live in Marion County. (laughs) Hammer lives in Marion County. And we all work in Marion County. Don't
2: you love the fact that I am subjected to whatever Joe Hogsett does every single day. I work literally in the heart of this cesspool of trash he's created. And in this guy's world, well,
3: you don't live here.
2: Why would anyone listen to you? Mm -hmm. I spend as much time here as people who probably live here who work out of the county. Mm -hmm. I'm here every single day. I've been here every single day basically for the past seven years. I am a Hoosier lifer. I live in the county right next door. I am here in 30 minutes every single day. What happens here, yes, does affect me because the crime and cesspool and trash that has been allowed to fester in this city has now made it out to where I live.
1: Uh, With the exception of when I went to uh, McCord Little Prairie Farm, it's a nature farm out by Danville this weekend, I would say that I spend 90% of my time in Marion County.
3: You don't even live here. I don't live
1: here. (laughs) Yes, I do. All right, we've got Hammer who's going to join us next. It's Kendall and Casey on 93
0: WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love.
1: It is 1047. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And the birthday boy joins us in the studio. Hey now. Hammer from the Hammer and Nigel program. Happy birthday, young fella.
6: Thank you. Thank you very much. 46 years old today.
2: It was nice that Patrick Mahomes gave you a uh, early birthday present of a giant thumb up your backside last Mm. night.
1: (laughs) That slide right into, what was he, on the third yard line?
6: Oh, man. So uh, one of the bets that Rob and I decided to do last minute, you know, just because we wanted to make this Sunday game interesting. Ultimately, it was interesting, yeah. but we didn't think it would be at the beginning, was, all right, here's the bet. Kansas City Chiefs over 24 and a half points scored total in the game. So, all right, fine. They score 17 <laughs> in the first quarter, mm-hmm. and we thought, man, we might have this by the second yeah. quarter. They lost.
2: Yeah. They, went they, in- they
6: won the game, but they did not score 24 and a half points.
2: It was interesting, Casey. They went into the prevent offense after scoring those 17 points. And so they're only up three points. There's like, you know, a minute and a half to go in the game. It's a third and eight or nine down around the 11 or 12 yard line. All the Jets have to do is stop the Chiefs from scoring a, t- a first down And they'll kick a field goal. We'll get get our 26. It's a chip shot field goal. It's a Mm -hmm. slam dunk. Everybody goes home happy. Well, Patrick Mahomes decides he's going to run the ball. He has a wide open path to the end zone. And at the three yard line, Mm -hmm. it is though he looked up into the camera (laughs) and he was looking right into me and Hammer's eyes and took both of his middle fingers and extended them in our direction and said, no, 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 you're not allowed to have anything nice.
6: And mind you, that touchdown would have made it a two-score game. Yes! There's no
2: reason not to do <laughs> no, that. There was none. The game would have been over either way. Now, I do feel bad. You know, like, we bet for fun. I also feel bad because I will pressure Hammer into doing things he doesn't want to do sometimes. Like <laughs> I wasn't going to bet yeah, that game last night. Uh, because, I, I look, I got baby set. you know. I got to sit there. I'd been at work all day, so it's my turn to watch the kid. And mm-hmm. so I got to have something to do while I'm doing <laughs> this. And so I pressure Hammer, and I always go, uh I'll send it in the group text, which I know Nigel's probably passed out at this point. So he's not going <laughs> to respond. Uh, anyone throwing any, you know, coinage on the game tonight? <laughs> Let's make it interesting for me. And whatever bet hammer picks I'll I'll go with. And, I got, and we were on the right side yes, of that. we were screwed. We were totally screwed. And Patrick Mahomes is an awful, awful person. <laughs> and it's still a line. What is it in, uh, in East Ventura? I hope I hope he dies of gonorrhea and rotten in hell. You would right. have been better
1: off guessing or betting on how many high noons Taylor Swift drank up in the suite. Is that
6: the official sponsor of the relationship? I don't know. And I really, and I can't stress this enough. <laughs> do not care. I am so over this. The only silver lining of Taylor Swift getting all the attention in the, you know, sweets area is that Britney Mahomes is not getting it now <laughs> because she's just as horrible. She's like Britney Mahomes please. and his brother, uh, the little Mahomes, Jackson Mahomes, mm-hmm. just awful people.
2: before we move on to this, because I know you have other. The things you want us to you want to uh, to get to, um can you imagine? So Portnoy, the barstool guy, the spread was eight. Now we didn't bet the spread; we were betting points. The spread was eight, so the touchdown would have got you to ten, which would have yes. beat the eight. He claims he bet twenty five thousand dollars on the game. <laughs> I lost, Casey. I lost three. I, $3. <laughs> yeah. And I for three hours, I got $3 worth of inter- or, you know, $3 for three hours worth of entertainment. Mm-hmm. I, it's fine. I go to bed and chuckle, and then we get a segment out of it, which is even better. Can you imagine? I mean, there are people that do this every single day. They bet that amount of money on something. How could you get any joy out of that?
6: The difference being though, Portnoy has twenty-five grand to blow. I feel bad for the degenerate <laughs> SOB <laughs> that took out a loan that's not going to be able to make his rent because of
2: that. Yeah, boy, that's, uh, that's bad. Bad.
6: And we pushed the degenerate special this weekend. Ah. Uh, we had it at 66. Now, some people who bought in late got 66 and a half, Ooh. which would have been winner winner chicken dinner because we had the under. Yeah. But if you went with 66, uh, we pushed that. I was even Steven on all my bets this weekend, two, two and one.
2: Hey, that's uh, that's better than the USA did at the Ryder Cup. It
6: is <laughs> <laughs> overall record throughout the year. I'm still a couple games above 500. So if you put my record out there against some some of these turds on TV. Yeah, I'm in the ballgame, man. As
2: Bernie Sanders once said, take a look at my record.
6: <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and tonight, I don't know what it's going to be yet, but there, there has to be a birthday bet. Yeah. So at some point tonight, uh, follow us on Twitter. Either it's my personal one, at Jason Allen Hammer, or the Hammer and Nigel account. Mm-hmm. I will put out the Monday Night Football birthday oh, special it.
2: tonight. I love it. I'm in, you beautiful bastard,
6: you. And <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's a turd of a game, too. It's like Seattle yeah. at the Giants. So we need something to make this interesting. Absolutely. I'll put out a play later on. And uh, crazy birthday night of gambling and cutting the grass. (laughs) Better better
2: known as Monday. Right, (laughs) right. What do you have there? What is that?
6: So Nige handed me this in the back because we know you're a Bruce Springsteen super fan. Yeah. And I don't know if this makes him a hero or a villain in the eyes of his fans here. So. When he goes on the road, Uh his writer list, which is the list of demands that these artists have, it's called a writer list, calls for six bottles of quality beer, quote, not Budweiser. (laughs) Wow. so, does this make him beer snob, or mm-hmm. does this mean that, you know, he's a conservative now because he's anti Bud, <laughs> anti Bud Light? Does he even know about that? What do you think?
2: Well, you know, I've long said one of the things I've admired about Bruce Springsteen is that he never did the drugs. He never, he was always tried to be a good role model, especially after he became famous. So, he would definitely drink, but he was always very cognizant of, hey, young people are looking at me. He had and, a
6: controversial DUI. Didn't yeah, it?
2: yeah, but then he wasn't drunk. I mean, you know, he he took a shot and then got a, with some fans, and then got on a motorbike. It was because he was in a federal park, was why he got in trouble. Um, I I feel like he's liberal enough that he. Pro- maybe he doesn't even know that's in his writer, because I feel like he would flip that now that that's public and come out and go, only Budweiser. He would demand Bud Light, right? He wants
6: Dylan Mulvaney to deliver it. Serve it to him. Right. Knock on the door. Boss, I'm here! And come in with (laughs) all the Bud Light. What what is a quality? What does it say, quality beer? Yeah. Yeah, six quality beers, quote, not Budweiser. I
1: think he's being a beer snob more than a political. Because
2: isn't quality beer in the eye of the beholder?
6: I would say it's in the eye of the beer holder. (laughs) Get
1: out, everybody.
6: See what you did there.
2: Because what is a qual- like, what would be a quality beer to, and we'll get Kevin on this because Kev drinks all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would be a quality beer to you, Hammer?
6: See, if, if I, I'm a, I'm a cheap date, I'm a domestic yeah. guy. I'm chugging Miller Lights, I'm chugging Coors Lights, right? Mm-hmm. If I have to do anything somewhat fancy, I want Spotted Cow from Wisconsin. Okay. Spotted Cow is my favorite non cheap
2: beer. Yeah, Casey, what's a quality beer to you?
1: Uh, I think Estella. I'm with Hammer. I like the, um, Miller is good, uh, but, you know, I'm a stout. I I like the dark beer, so...
2: Well, he's he's Irish, some, some so maybe maybe he beer. does. Is, yeah, maybe. maybe a Guinness, maybe yeah.
1: Kev. Yeah, I like I like imports, so I would go with Guinness or Stella or a Peroni. I've been drinking a lot of that lately. Well, my
2: favorite Kevin story is his last day on Home and Garden when he was the producer. Pat gave him how many was it? How many Guinness? It was, it
4: was a four pack, a four of pack. Like
2: tall Guinness, it, it, like the big ones. No, we're not talking you know little bitty ones. And Kev drank them in one sitting. He just sat down and sat <laughs> during I the there. show.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, I drink. I think I drank a couple during the show. <laughs> I had, well, going. actually, no. I had it in one sitting later on, but he might have given me like a six pack at the show,
6: <laughs> dude. I love doing those shows, like when we do them at Sullivan's, because they've got like the bar oh, over yeah. there set mm-hmm. up, yeah. and like whether it's Pat or Denny or you know listeners of the station, they come up, hey, it's beer sample Friday, and they bring us like a bunch
2: of them. Beers always kind of seem like a waste of time to me. You know me if I'm if I'm drinking, I'm getting drinking, I'm getting I'm drinking to get messed up. So you know, beer yeah, you drink like the hard stuff like Long <laughs> Island's. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're a real hardcore Johnny Cash over there. Rob was that guy at the Ryder Cup that ran across the green into the
6: pond, jumped into the pond. So, real quick, I know we got to hit a break here, but as the golf guy here, are you sleeping better at night knowing the best players were not on the U.S. team because they were on that dirty, disgusting live tour? And even though the Brits handed you your rear end on a platter this tournament, don't you sleep better knowing that it was good Godfair and PGA guys? You know, I don't mind
2: (laughs) losing if I'm having fun, but none of that Ryder Cup was even fun because those guys half-assed it. They didn't act like they wanted to be there. And, and they're not the best the guys. Yeah, you're right. They they oh, There were three live guys that they should have picked. Deshamwau, Dustin Johnson, and Taylor Gooch would have been way better than Ricky Fowler, who just quit, basically, mm-hmm. in the middle of his round on Sunday. And uh, Thomas was terrible, for the most part. How did you not have Dustin Johnson? He was 5-0, the last Ryder Cup! And, and he's married to Gretzky's daughter! Right? That's what I'm talking about. I just, it was just infuriating 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 the lack of effort and y- no joke you should be the next rider cup captain
6: well listen congratulations england on winning the Ryder cup let's see how you good are let's see how well you do at nascar <laughs>
2: You sent something out the other day about England's Super Bowls hosted or what? Yeah, we've
6: won 57 Super Bowls in the United States. England, zero. None. What's coming
2: up this afternoon?
6: Uh, Jim Banks will join us. We'll talk about drama over the weekend. It's Monday Gunday with Guy Relford. We'll talk Colts and more. Big show.
1: My buddy Jim Banks is going to be on the show. Happy birthday, Hammer. It's Kendall and Casey on 93
6: WIBC.